0: You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. The Cass Corridor is one of the Detroit neighborhoods that has changed the most over the past few decades, and not all those changes have been to the benefit of the longtime residents. It's a neighborhood that has seen an evolution that tells a bigger story about how change unfolds in our city and how it affects different pockets of Detroiters. Nicole McDonald is a filmmaker who has taken a deep look at the Cass Corridor and how it has changed her film. The Last Days of Chinatown is part of the Freep Film Festival this weekend. Here's a clip from the film.
1: There were lots of effects in Detroit with the population loss in terms of homicides and robberies and arson. And this is right when drugs one kind of drug in particular was really taking over. Do you think there's something specific about crack that infiltrated some neighborhoods and destroyed them and destroyed them at a rate that was different than all these other drugs?
2: Oh yeah, I think crack was um, the uh, neutron bomb uh, for the African-American community.
3: Crack destroyed this neighborhood. That kind of leveled everything. And there's there's a um, saying that people, I remember this distinctly, that crack's the only pimp around here now. Cocaine, crack cocaine,
2: uh, which was uh, like uh, the chitlins of cocaine, if you choose, that it was dropped in the same way that chitlins were dropped in with uh, the diet, you know, and uh, it made it tear, it destroyed the community, destroyed the neighborhoods, destroyed people.
4: It just happened so fast. We couldn't figure out why would it hit the neighborhoods so twas it felt fast. Because we were surrounded by buildings. And then within a month or two, they're all empty.
0: As a clip from the last days of Chinatown, a film by Nicole mcdonald it is showing as part of the Freep film festival this weekend you can see it tonight at 6 p.m april 13th at cinema detroit you can also see it at 8 p.m saturday april 14th at the community arts auditorium at wayne state university and joining me now to talk about her film and the neighborhood of the cast corridor is nicole mcdonald nicole welcome to detroit today thanks yeah. So I I find this a really fascinating subject to make a film about, uh, because I grew up here in the city of Detroit, uh, I grew up here, uh, the son of somebody who went to Cass Tech uh, and remembers that neighborhood very well, remembers what it was like when she rode the bus from Dexter Davison down there every day. It, it seems in some ways that, um, that the narrative that surrounds the Cass Corridor is very much reflective in people's minds here in Detroit of the narrative of... The city—it's—it's it's a neighborhood that I think whether you whether you live on the east side or the west side or the northwest side or the north or east side, uh, you relate to uh, because of where it is, because of the things uh, that were there, and so it's sort of rise and fall, uh, the things that have beset that neighborhood, the things that have changed in that neighborhood. I think they remind us of Detroit. They remind us of our status as. Detroiters, uh, and so I was really eager to, to to learn more about this film. Tell me what you think, though, is the evolution of the Cass Corridor and sort of where it is today uh, compared to to where it was in the past.
1: Well, it's interesting that you talk about it as being a kind of symbol, and I've also had that impression of it growing up on the East Side. Mm-hmm. You know, it sort of had a sordid uh, history, and you would hear you would hear different accounts. And it's certainly interesting to find out that, you know, it was considered the arson capital at one point because there was such a concentration of fires and, of course, being known as the Red Light District and the place to go, you know, for all sorts of nefarious activity. Mm-hmm. And um, and living there on Peterborough and Park Street, which is between Cass and, and Woodward uh-huh. Park, is actually a street that runs all the way and then dead ends on Peterborough. And so I lived there in the... You know, mid-2000s up until really when a lot of change was starting to happen, 2010, 2011, with Quicken Loans coming downtown and Mm -hmm. the population surge. Yeah. And a lot of the development right in that area, um, I was able to observe it from... A different perspective a more intimate perspective and that that is how the film begins sort of showing my introduction to it at least the lower corridor and the lower corridor being different from wayne state area yeah you know that was always sort of a no man's land that was caught in between yeah. the downtown activity even you know during certain amount of depression in detroit and the um the activity around the university and so living there in the in the 2000s and, and and making my own observations that's how the that's how the film begins yeah. and then i and then i i i begin an exploration into the history of the area and find all of these um these uh interesting ironies and uh, you know in terms of being as i said this extreme sort of red light district in the eighties, but then also the richest place in the city at one point, the Mm -hmm. place where all of the industrialists or those with money, those, you know, the sort of founding fathers of Detroit, where they um, built their mansions, where there was sort of the first um, kind of great houses, great architecture. Lewis Cass lived in the area. And of course, James Scott and we have David Whitney. So um, you really see these, you see, you see the, 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 and. That in fact, there were more churches in that area as well. There's more Protestant churches, and they they have a name like, um, um, you know divine hill or something because there was such a concentration. So you have this concentration of wealth in the city's being founded. And then you go to a place where most of these mansions were cut up into tenement housing. Yes. Um, when there was such a migration, uh, for the first world war and, and then, and then you see this sort of extreme depression. So all of these sorts of extremes and, um, it makes the area really interesting just in terms of a, a, a historical, um, Uh, to make a historical inquiry and and also living there at the time. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, what you said, what's happening today. So it's sort of another extreme. Yeah.
0: So uh, I understand that your dad grew up in the Cass Corridor during the Depression as well. Uh, How does that inform?
1: mm, And he kind of is uh, typical of of what was going on at that time. He's from the East Coast, and uh, his mother... um, met someone who was got a job as a steam pipe fitter (laughs) and so she came Detroit because this man got a job and then she came here and she got a job so he was packed into that area that Charlotte Peterborough tenement housing area that you didn't see necessarily downtown you know people were living in hotels downtown Mm -hmm. but um and then and then it was still a little bit more palatial around Wayne but they were really squeezed like sardines in that especially in that corridor area and um And, you know, the James Scott mansion has just been fixed up now, but he is one of his best friends. uh, It was, you know, six, seven people in, you know, five apartments in the basement and six, seven people squeezed in one apartment in the basement there in James Scott. And they were fresh off the boat. And then he had friends from, you know, Appalachian area and, you know, everybody speaking different languages. And so that was his story um, in the late uh, 30s and into the 40s and
0: and uh, um when you when you're trying to tell this story uh, i think it's really impossible to tell and and you can't tell it honestly i think without talking about the role that race and class and race in particular have played in our history here in in detroit and in the film Uh, We heard in the clip Ron Scott, uh, someone that uh, lots of folks remember here, an activist here in in Detroit who's who's unfortunately no longer with us. I mean, he talks uh, pretty bluntly there about the role that he thinks uh, race has played in the corridor, in the problems that exist there, and how those problems reflect the larger issues that we're dealing with in Detroit.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't know that especially younger people, perhaps the uh, racial divide that existed there. You know, if you come up in the 70s and 80s, you tend to think of Detroit as a black city. But, mm-hmm. you know, the corridor was uh, very segregated. Uh, George Hunter, um, he's a reporter for the Detroit News. He also grew up in the corridor. And, So he has both perspectives as as a reporter today, but then also a boy in Mm -hmm. that lower corridor Mm -hmm. area. He's interviewed throughout the film, and he he speaks to this as well. You know, the corridor was solidly white, very Appalachian. You didn't um, people didn't cross Woodward, but then I also uh, look into the history of the Brewster Projects. You know, which was one of the first high rise low income housing in the country, Mm -hmm. Uh, and and. and and the racial makeup there and the Jeffries, which is on the other side of the corridor. So, you know, the more that I interview people, the more (laughs) I was surprised (laughs) to learn how rigid those lines were and um, how different that is from my growing up in Detroit and my living around this area and seeing how um, extreme things can change in such a short amount of time. Right,
0: right. And that changed today uh is is pretty profound i mean uh just a few weeks ago uh i i happened to be at an event in in the corridor and went to the new brewery that's uh, right there on i can't think of the street that's right behind Masonic temple uh and i was blown away by the crowd that was in there the difference in uh, the crowd that was in there the makeup of the crowd i mean the corridor is changing really fast Mm, i mean it was all white yeah it was all white um Mm. and and that's something that you know as someone who grew up here uh i just wouldn't have seen as a as a child or a teenager in the in that neighborhood
1: well it blows my mind as well especially the short amount of time that things can change Mm -hmm. and 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 sort of looking at the why of that Mm -hmm. you know because we're often fed a line by people who own things you know in terms of presenting um I suppose the picture that they want to present, but that's not always the reason uh, that things are happening. And I think that when you're when you're living on a street, for instance, such as Peterborough, which has a lot of flux, mm-hmm. as there was a homeless shelter, temporary housing, there still is, even though they've changed sort of their capacity and who they serve. But um, living living on that street with my windows open day and night and being um, uh i couldn't help but, but be observant uh and that's really where the that's the was the nebulous of the film but also just my interest as a as a person living here mm-hmm. you know and and uh how are things changing what does that look like and and why and and where did and where did we come from and yeah. and and what kind of cycles do we repeat <laughs> right right
0: uh, that idea of repeating cycles i think is really important because as you point out a lot of folks Uh, think of the city as being reflective of the time in which they they lived or grew up right so i grew up with the Cass corridor uh, as a mostly african-american place in the 70s and and 80s but that was a change from its sort of uh, earlier era and that was a change from eras before that these things sort of go in cycles and they change uh for for different for different sets of reasons but they do it Pretty, pretty consistently
1: mm, mm-hmm. and there's a a, a court longtime corridor resident George McMahon who I interview in the film as well and 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 he is um, been instrumental in trying to create uh, uh, fixed income housing along with Pat Dorn and, and a number of other people, a long time cast corridor group. And one of the things that he says, it's not included in the film, but I almost feel like with so many of these people, I could have made a, <laughs> a film about them <laughs> in about and of them, themselves. Right. Like, you know, Ron is just a um, plethora of information. <laughs> <Yes>. But <laughs> George, George says, are we a product of economics are we a product of a of a kind of economic system, or do we control mm-hmm. the system? Wow. You know, and so that's a, a question. You know, you should think of: is this like, well, humans repeat themselves? This is a cycle, and you think, but do, do we have any say in that? Right. You What's know, our do you agency just, over that? Exactly. There. Right. How much, um, how much do we just get pulled by the wind of of the powers that be, and how much do 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 we try and create manifest our own destiny so to speak and and um and so that's something to continually think about when you think about who is here mm-hmm. and why and who has left and why and where those people are
0: right where they go when mm-hmm. they leave
1: mm-hmm. and the yeah. film does follow a certain number of people who you know were either homeless in temporary housing or were downtown in in long time somewhat low income housing you know, and you hear a lot of voices saying, uh, you know, we kept the lights on downtown for, well, we're talking longer than a lot of cities in this right. country. You know, different cities experienced depression, but maybe not for, you know, 30, 40 years in Detroit where, where, um, who, who was downtown and where are they now?
0: Right. What happened to them? Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Nicole McDonald. She's a filmmaker, uh, has made a movie called The Last Days of Chinatown, which is about uh, Detroit's lower Cass Corridor. It can be seen Today at 6 p.m. Friday, uh, April 13th at Cinema Detroit as part of the Free Film Festival. You can also catch it at 8 p.m. on Saturday, April 14th at the Community Arts Auditorium at Wayne State University. We're talking about uh, the Cass Corridor, its history, the way it has changed over time, the way it is changing now. If you would like to join the conversation, we'd love to have you. Uh, Have you been in this area for a while? And what changes have you seen in the Cass Corridor over time? What do you think of the shift uh, from calling it the Cass Corridor, for instance, to calling more of it Midtown, a neighborhood that is uh, to the north that's existed a long time but seems to be creeping south, at least in terms of a branding exercise here in the city of Detroit. Do you still call it the Cass Corridor? Why do you do that? And uh, tell us if you were here during the Chinatown era in in the Cass Corridor or the red light vice era of the 80s or 90s. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll work you into the conversation. Um, uh, Nicole, I want to ask you about the the Chinatown reference in the title, and uh, of course that was uh, a part of the neighborhood for a time. Uh, folks are now talking about maybe trying to bring that back a little bit. There's a new mm-hmm. restaurant uh, in the area where Chinatown was that sort of recalls some of that area, but but what was it about Chinatown that sort of attracted to you to that as a theme here?
1: Hmm. Well, as I was living on Peterborough and Park, Peterborough and Cass, that was the area that the Chinese moved from their original settlement on 3rd and Michigan to that Peterborough and Cass corner, corner, which is where Chung's, the restaurant, they were one of the biggest ones in the original Chinatown and and the first one in the new Chinatown and then the last to leave in Mm -hmm. the year 2000. So I really used that... um, I started neighborhood as a metaphor or as a jumping off point for looking at so many enclaves or groups of people that came and went. So there is a there is a exploration of the original, as I say, Chinese um, neighborhood and where MGM Grand Casino is now, but then also Skid Row. That was there as well, and a lot of the consternation with the city in terms of what to do about Skid Row and how and why Chinatown actually ended up in the Lower Corridor, and the way they ended up there is because they were basically their neighborhood was being bulldozed. They were being pushed out because the city decided they didn't know what else to do with Skid Row right. down in the Corktown area. So really, they were going after Skid Row <laughs> and caught in the crossfire was the Chinese community, which was quite high. And um, well, it ebbed and flowed in the 20s. It was high. And then the Depression, it went down. Not as many people came over. People went elsewhere. But then it came up again in World War One. So it was about 2,000 over 2,000 people. And quite active and the business extremely strong, you know, um, dozens and dozens of laundries and restaurants and services and uh, a thriving, viable, extremely safe uh, community and neighborhood in and amongst that 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 sort of devastated sure. Skid Row population. And I just found that to be almost another metaphor, or another, um, another um, way of looking at how people are pushed around Uh, here they are model citizens model neighborhood and they are their neighborhood's about to be bulldozed so they need to find another place because they're surrounded by skid row the city's efforts of slum clearance so that's how they wound up over in uh, the lower corridor and then i sort of look at how they fared there yeah Uh,
0: again 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones let's go to susan in detroit susan welcome to detroit today
4: Hey, Stephen. Hey, how are you? Very good, very good. I just wanted to say that uh, I I grew up in the 60s and 70s in the suburbs, and Cass Corridor was a place you did not go. You just did not go there. Um, But I work downtown now, Mm -hmm. and I volunteer at the shelter on Cass. I do not feel unsafe at all walking around. I, I feel perfectly fine. Um, I absolutely love what they've been doing with the uh, Scott Mansion. I've been praying for years that somebody would take that on and restore it. And uh, your question of whether or not it should still be called Cass Court or Midtown, I think I prefer Midtown because it's a lot more inclusive.
0: Hmm. That's uh, that's an interesting perspective, Susan. I appreciate the, the call and uh, the comments. I think there are a lot of people who are thinking that way. About that area, but uh, again, Nicole, that always raises the specter of who was already here and who sort of uh, endured that that uh, that long stretch of decline in the in the quarter. and what's happened to them now. This idea that it's safer, that it feels safer, uh, is is uh, you know, it's a it's a pretty freighted idea in the sense of inclusion and and again uh, this idea of pushing people out of spaces
1: mm-hmm. certainly um yeah that's a there's a lot of things to address there <laughs> right, <laughs> i right, mean right. Um, i i definitely have concerns of of well it's becoming arena town now really so i don't even know what kind of neighborhood it will be yeah. because it's almost like downtown has moved to selden peterborough Charlotte. Um, it's, um, A lot of traffic, a lot of parking lots, so a lot of bars. So I'm not, I don't even know how to speak about the neighborhood, you know. Uh Um, But we do know that it had long been a place that homeless people could find refuge. There was a number of shelters. Uh, As I said, um, COTS, my understanding is they've changed in in terms of who they serve. And we know that there's changes going on with the NSO. And of course, there's an effort to move. Homeless people away from people that are coming in for entertainment and sure. to spend money, and um, and so 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 what's yeah, it's kind what's of, next for them, right? You know,
0: right? What happens to the to mm-hmm. those folks? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's
1: a, I think it's a very
0: important question, and it's one uh, that we we don't address uh, uh, I think head on enough around here. All right, let's go to Kathy in Midtown. Kathy, welcome to Detroit today.
4: Hi, good morning. Uh, my whole history, my whole life pretty much is in the Midtown area. I grew up in the Jeffrey Projects. Uh, I hmm. skated at, uh, at the uh, skating rink uh, on the corner of Woodward. Uh, Verner's was one of the regular places we visited, uh, even Wayne State. And to see all the changes that are going on, it's, it's phenomenal at one point at one point, but as as another, there are faces, because I work at Wayne State for 30 years, I see faces on the streets of people who are homeless, indigent, and they are the faces of people that I grew up with. And so, you know, yes, the the good is good, but it's distressing, once again, to see people displaced from an area that was very volatile and vital, you know, for us.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, no, Kathy. I'm I'm glad you called uh, uh, and added your story to the to the segment here. It's a very important perspective. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about Nicole McDonald's film, Last Days of Chinatown. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Jim in Detroit, Michael in Westland, Russell in Dearborn. We will get to you next. We'll be right back on Detroit today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. As always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Nicole McDonald. She has a new film called The Last Days of Chinatown. It is part of the free film festival. You can see it at 6 p.m. today at uh, Cinema Detroit. You can also see it at 8 p.m. Saturday, April 14th at the Community Arts Auditorium at Wayne State University. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. We're talking about the CASS Corridor, how it has changed, and how that change has affected Longtime residents there. The number, as always, is three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. That's three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Michael in Westland. Michael, welcome to Detroit Today.
2: Uh, thank you, Stephen. Thanks uh-huh. for taking my call. Sure. As I was listening to uh, the history of Cass Corridor, I, I, I reflected that it was reflected in my history. I attended Cass Tech uh, back in the 70s and uh, went to Wayne State University, uh, dined a lot at Chunks.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and so it's, uh, I thought about it. I said, well, you know, Cass Corridor is always a, a big part of my life. Hmm. Uh, the changes are very interesting and, and we know th- we know that we go through changes. I will always call it Cass Corridor, but I don't necessarily have an issue with calling it Midtown. But yeah. As long as we don't forget the Court Corridor, you know, the uh, cop shelter and, and all the other things uh, that have happened there. Yeah. It's a very special part of Detroit. So, and, uh, so
0: Michael, let me ask you a question. Uh, yeah. As someone who grew up there, do, do you feel like it's still home? Do you feel the welcome that you should feel from the place you call home when you go there now?
2: Um, I would have to say bittersweetly, yes good <laughs> because i you know to me it's, it's been part of my of my dna you know mm-hmm. i haven't traveled up down that route so many years uh as a young man um it is interesting to see i i, I, what, do I what i don't see uh, to a certain degree is the folks that are there now don't really know the history and don't really appreciate sure how important that part of detroit was yeah. and still is yeah
0: michael so, uh, I, I i really appreciate the call Uh, and the perspective there. Thanks very much for joining the program. Uh, Let's go to Jim. Jim in Detroit. Jim, uh, welcome to Detroit Today.
3: Good morning, Stephen, and thank you both for doing this show that uh, Mm -hmm. I think is shining an interesting light on our city. Um, What I'd like to uh, bring to the table today is the important role the cast carters played in the visual arts, the performing arts Mm -hmm. uh, world. And um, the Cas Carter name has been associated with great creativity and poetry, music, visual arts for decades right. and i I would like to see that history preserved and highlighted and and maintained mm-hmm. and the mm, the uh, for lack of a better term the, the corporate relabeling of the Cas Carter <laughs> as midtown mm-hmm. um, it it covers that up. It says that the the history of the Carter. It's it's bad, it's dark, and as well as its creative sections should be, you know, left behind. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a part of the history of the city that needs to be highlighted. Right. And it also is a beacon to show where we can go in the future.
0: Okay. Uh, Jim, I I really appreciate your calling and adding that. Nicole, I get the sense that part of what you're doing here is trying to preserve uh, that history and and culture. But as a city... We do have a lot of work to do in that regard, and this this question of what it's called, I think, uh, is an important touchpoint in that in that conversation. There is an effort to try to pretend that the Cass Corridor, as it existed, for instance, when I was a kid uh, or a teenager, was a dark part of uh, its history, and we just need to to walk away from it. And that ignores some of the important cultural significance that it had
1: mm. and then of course when something ends or when someone dies who's controversial then suddenly it's um kosher to uh to 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 use them as a <laughs> yeah. as a hero or sort of a, right. a champion so um uh it right so now maybe that the cast corridor is 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 over in a way then there there's a, a um a movement i'm not i'm not sure to to uh for some people to hang on to the, to the term. Um, I mean, the funny thing is that it's a place, right? So Mm -hmm. often if you, if you live in an area and, and you're just trying to refer to where you are physically, you know, one person's calling one thing, one term and another person's calling another term, you know, it can become, confusing as to where we're even talking about where that we, we are, are right. so that's what i've found you know like when i'm when i'm just trying to communicate with people today right now and not get into an entire kind of <laughs> political <laughs> dimension to right. um to the reference um it's one thing you know you say midtown i guess refers to these certain areas uh um, but that was something that I found out a bit in my inquiry in the film, you know, talking to different people who grew up, you know, how did you refer to it? That, right. you know, we're talking like late 50s, mm-hmm. early 60s, people that lived in the Jeffries. Mm-hmm. you know, and some people said we didn't start calling it the corridor until after the uprising. Right, right. Which I, you know, mm. I certainly didn't know. Mm. And um, and then what area did it refer to yeah. when you did start referring to it? You know, because right. it was it's never on a map. Right, you know, and I refer to the particular stretch between downtown and where Wayne starts to mm-hmm, begin mm-hmm. as the lower corridor, and that being very different yeah. than, yeah, than yeah. than Wayne State with the police there. Yeah
0: okay nicole mcdonald filmmaker and maker of last days of chinatown thanks very much for being here on detroit today and remember the free f- film festival runs through the weekend you can see last days of chinatown today at 6 p.m at cinema detroit and at 8 p.m on saturday at community arts auditorium at wayne state university we did not get to book stock today we will get to that issue next week that starts on april 22nd we'll have Neil Rubin on to talk about that wonderful event as well. It's going to do it for me today. I will be back next week. I hope you will too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you next week.